When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Here's a hypothetical. If your neighbor buys Enlist One herbicide and Instinct Next Gen nitrogen stabilizer, and you buy Enlist One and Instinct Next Gen but use True Choice, what's the difference between you? Well, besides you obviously being the smarter neighbor, about $5,000 extra in your pocket. Don't miss out on easy extra cash. Choose True Choice and get up to 10% back. Visit Corteva.com slash save now. Back at it, homegrown radio. Chuck Dizzle, DJ Head, with yes, us sir. today, hanging out, man. We got actor, director, producer, uh, the man of the hour, man, hanging out with us. Amen, Joseph, man. What's going on, big dog? What's going on with you, man? Hey, listen, can't complain. I, can't complain. I have been waiting for this conversation for so long. You don't even understand, bro. Let's like, get into it. I just think that one. For one, I just want to say, I just want to start off by saying, I'm a huge fan of 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 actors and actresses because i feel like it's a it's a real skill that people don't give credit for and i look at it like djing right because they look at it and i'm a dj obviously but people look at it like oh i could do that oh i could do that shit all you got to do is act like you sad or act like you happy and it's like (laughs) bro you're not respecting the craft so i just want to say as a fan i respect the craft and i understand that and i and i think that you are are a dope actor you know what i'm saying appreciate it man appreciate it now, now for the people that, that may not be familiar with, if you're not familiar, shame on you. Obviously, the latest <laughs> role that he's been on uh, is uh, Jerome Saint, a.k.a. Uncle Jerome from Snowfall. But what I'm really impressed about, uh, Amen, man, about your, your, your characteristics and, and yourself as far as the hard work that you've put in and the time in this business that you put in. That's, that's the conversation I'm looking forward to having because a lot of people see a show like Snowfall and they're like, oh, dope show. Yeah, but they don't see the backstory of who the characters are and the people, you know what I'm saying, that that, that take on these roles and, and your lifestyle. So I do want to get into this, man. You, you just got your debut and started the business in 2004. Um, talk about that, like that particular role in itself and, and, and your journey as far as becoming an actor. Was it something that you always knew you wanted to do or was it something where you got bit by the bug? Was it a movie you saw? What, what got the inspiration for Amen Joseph? Yeah, I, mean, I came up in Harlem and um, I used to, um, you know, I used to do little plays and stuff in grade school, but I didn't really start taking it serious until I started doing some commercial work. I saw the type of money that was being made and um, and I got into the union from commercials and stuff like that. I grew up in the world famous Apollo Theater. That was like the first job that I ever had. So I was around the theater. And um, like I said, I saw the money, but I recognized really early that in order for me not to just do stuff that was sports related or uh, hoodlum related, I was going to have to, you know, take the craft seriously. So I ended up going to Howard University. I went to a few other conservatories just to get, you know, just to be nice. You know, I mean, if you if 
for anyone that's grown up in any discipline like a sport, it really gets you acclimated to if you're not the most talented person, you know that you may need to be the person that outworks everyone. The Facts. hard work part, you know what I mean? Like the discipline, like you said earlier, kind of learning your craft part of it. So that's the approach that I took. And I knew that it would be, um, I knew it would be a journey mm-hmm. rather than, you know, anyone, not anyone, but a lot of times people can get thrown off because people have meteoric rises and they shoot out of here. And I've, I've watched uh, so many that, um, that, you know, that just get an opportunity, they're blessed to get an opportunity. And it's like their life has changed overnight. Mm-hmm. Then you have other people that gradually build a career. And it, you can see almost like the step-by-step, the brick-by-brick kind of thing. And um, so it's, it's just different trajectories. Everybody got a different walk, you know? But my path has been more of a, a, a slow and steady climb and I've had great opportunities along the way. I've been able to, to, you know, to, to be able to collaborate with so many different professionals that once you get to a certain place, that foundation is so strong that more than likely is cemented there. And it's not so much of a fall off from grace because um, you're padded at this point because of the, the long, um, the long journey, you know, the long way. I wanted to. You brought it up. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about this later because it's it's heavy, bro. But I I was in a room one night listening to you speak, bro. I was in. I was on Clubhouse one night. It was late as fuck, and <laughs> I heard you speak to Monique, bro. I was. Oh, there. I I was there that night, bro. And that's why I said I've been waiting for this conversation for a long time, bro, because I really want you to break that down. It's, I mean, I mean, you could do it as fast as you can, but yeah. that story to me, bro, that. It, everybody was in tears that night, bro. Yeah. Everybody was in, including yourself. Monique was there. She was in tears and her husband. And I felt like your connection to Monique was so strong, bro. I was I was just listening in awe that night, bro, when you told that story and, and how you defended Monique, you know, throughout her trials and tribulations with the, within the business. But if you can, just for our, you know, our, our audience and listeners, just please break that story down because I felt like it was, it was one for the books. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, I, um, I came up in the world famous Apollo theater, right on 125th street between seventh, um, and eighth Ave. And, and, um, I mean, when I say came up there that I probably worked there since I was 14, you know, wow. uh, had that job since when I came back from college, they allowed me to come back there and work, you know, just a way to be able to keep myself employed while I'm while I'm trying to hustle the day job of being an actor. So uh, Monique was at the time was hosting um, Showtime at the Apollo, the only woman that has ever uh, hosted Showtime at the Apollo. Um, and I had a best friend that worked there with me. And he told Monique during one of the breaks, you know, that, yo, my man is nice. He's an actor. And I mean, we two little knuckleheads growing up in Harlem. We we run up on people all the time, you know, like this is what we do. You know what I mean? We, we run up on people. We like, yo, my man can rhyme. My man can act. My man need a storefront on two fifth. You know, like we, you know what I mean? Like you just think when you shorties, you know, and, um, but we never really took it for granted because we recognized that there was opportunity there. 
we might not have known what we wanted to do. So my, my friend at that time, he didn't take it on himself to talk about himself. He talked about me. He was like, yo, my man's an actor. And Monique came to the uh, to the back at the time I was bartending way at the back of the theater. And she screams during one of the commercial breaks, hey, man, I hear you're an actor. And I'm like, yo, what's really, what's good? I think I'm about to get fired, right? So, so Monique proceeds to come down and she walks up to me and she says, baby, I hear that you're an actor and, and, and you're going to be a phenomenal actor. You're blessed. Come with me. And she proceeds to take me upstairs to, you know, like one of the dressing rooms I had never been to. It's where all the stars, freaking, you know, Errol, Ella Fitzgerald and the, and the um, Michael Jacksons and the James Browns of the world. You know what I mean? Like everybody's come through this place. It's the epicenter of art. But still, even me working there, there's places like Knucklehead, get downstairs. You don't come up there. You don't. <laughs> right. I had never been up there. And um, and Monique takes me up there. She first of all, she introduces me to her agent. She tells her agent, this young man is going to be in Hollywood one day and you need to rep him now. Um, he he is a phenomenal talent. This woman, y'all got to understand. Come on. At this time, I still wasn't at a place where I would even tell people that I act because mm. you know how it is. If you in right. the neighborhood, you tell somebody you mm, you ain't been in yeah, that here. No. What, what you, you acting? Been in? Right, right. If you an actor, right, actor, smack the right. shut up. <laughs> so you know. So anyway, I tell the story, and and I and I was able to, you know, I hadn't seen Monique in years. I still haven't seen her. It was on Clubhouse where we were able to reconnect. But um, but her believing in me, um, helping me believe in myself, is that type of when you talk promising to people when you when you talk you know when you when you talk about people's gift um when you have the capacity to do that you never know what type of battery it puts in someone's back that type of the way that she talked to me and talked about me in front of other people it gave me the the ability to see in myself that I could see this journey through it gave me in the dark times because you know that's 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 easy that's easy 20 years ago probably 25 yeah. years ago that that happened. But it just speaks to the type of person that she is. Um, I, let's just be real. I've never had anybody, people that even know my work, introduce me to their agent like that. Wow. Since. And, you know, I have a great team. I'm, 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 I'm well off. But that was from the inception mm. that she spoke that type of promise and that she made that type of connection. If we did that more with each other, if we took the time to in, to empower people, um, you never know how it can inspire people and um, and how it can mark their journey. Because as we know, it's gonna be a lot of ebbs and flows. There's gonna be some good days, some bad days, some bad years, some good years. Mm -hmm. But it's those type, it's that type of battery that that empowers you through the times where it doesn't look like you're going to reach your destination that you maybe maybe your, your dreams won't come into fruition so anyway i like to just talk about that and, and monique is a solid person I, I think also we know that in in this business things have happened to her and um i mean we've all heard the stories we know that they're wrong and i can't wait till my sister is able to uh, receive her flowers because that's what that was that day. Had it was her receiving her flowers of people, yeah. of, the, of the audience of the community. Yeah. We got to remember that too that we come from a community. Yeah. 
that's part of that foundation too, that I'm, I'm only an actor because I'm able to, to, um, to show a mirror image of what we what we see every day in our communities and, and, you know, within our community, our society, our culture. Mm -hmm. So Monique is our culture. So we shouldn't allow anyone to uh, disenfranchise her from that. Yeah. I feel that. She's ours. She tells our stories. You feel me? I feel that. And I just, I just want you to get that off because that, 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 was a powerful night, bro. That was a powerful moment, you know what I'm saying? And her listening to your words and her receiving that, I felt like that was big. Not not for you, but also for her. You know what I'm saying? So well, it I was just, it was full it was full circle, and um and and we should be able to re recognize those things in in our lives as well. You know, the full circle stuff, where you know somebody gave you something at a certain time. And there's no way that I could repay her back from that. And I don't know if you remember her and in the, in the, I say, hey, Monique, you know, now I got production companies and and I'm popping right now. And, and a lot of things are happening. I said, Monique, you know, anything that you need from me, whatever I can do and and we could collaborate and, and what. And she was like, baby, just pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Yep. She understands the you know, she understands the way that this goes because someone spoke that promise into her. Right. She has mentors that did the same thing for her. You know? I say the same thing. I say, I say, don't worry about paying me back, pay it forward. I, that's something I say too. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that. I, I felt like that was just dope. You know what I'm saying? A dope moment um, for the culture. Now, the more the more you talk, amen, the more I, I realize that we have a lot of things in common. First of all, that story that you you just told, um, it reminded me of a post that I just put up and, and when you were saying about Monique and what we need to do, it reminded me of this. I put up, be the reason someone feels welcome, seen, heard, valued, loved, and supported because you just never know what that can do to somebody on their dark in their dark moments, in their dark days. You, you're doing something so powerful. It's just like speaking something and that right there, put that battery in your back to say, I matter. I can do this. You know what I'm saying? So um, when, when, when people have told you, when people have told you no, before you even have said what you want to do, <laughs> right? you just feel that. Yeah. <laughs> when someone speaks that to you, y'all don't understand how giddy. Yeah. I was like a little kid. I ran down from, first of all, I still thought I was going to get fired because I'm not even <laughs> on my post. You know what I mean? Like, I this is going to be the day I get fired. I left my post. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if I did get fired, it was worth it. Yeah. But but the truth is, I, I left, you know, think about how I walked. Yeah. I walked, I was probably, you know, easy, a foot taller yeah. walking out of that, walking out of the theater that night, going home wherever I was with my peoples, whatever, and in all of the trouble that I could have got into, all of the things that I barely missed, um, you know, following this path, it was things like that that was like, yo, bro, you, you know, like you got something that you looking forward to do, man. Right. Maybe you need to keep your head on a little more straight, yeah. you know, keep your head on a swivel, see what's going on around you. That this that might not be the path you need to be on. So there was just so many things. It just speaks to so many things. It has nothing to do with whether or not I actually became an actor. Right. Facts. Right. Right. Now, um, I appreciate that, man, for real. Um, I, I do want to jump. Obviously, Snowfall is the biggest thing on the planet next to Dogecoin at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know, I feel like you've been one. I mean, obviously, you're on the show. But I remember you tweeting, bro. And that's the thing. Like, I've been following you for a minute. That's why I've been waiting a long time for this. Um, but you've been tweeting 
since damn near the beginning. I don't remember it's the top of season two or something. Like I told you, like I told <laughs> I told y'all, Snowfall is the biggest shit. And even before Snowfall was the biggest shit, <laughs> you was tweeting, "Hey, Snowfall is yeah. the biggest shit ever. Snowfall is the biggest yeah. shit ever." <laughs> and these tweets predate Snowfall being the biggest shit ever. <laughs> right? yeah. So you was kind of like. You know, manifesting a little bit. <laughs> um, but now that it is the biggest shit ever, right? Um, do you do you ever do you feel empowered? Do you feel do you feel jovial or do you feel more like Toadies motherfuckers? Like, do you feel more like the angst uh, side nah, of things? No, because because the truth is, the person that really said it was John. John, yep, exactly. The late, the late. Uh, great John Singleton is the person that was the battery for my back in, in this, in this season, you know, so um, of my life, John told us when we did the pilot, you got to see as actors, actors are sometimes like children. We want instant gratification. You know what I mean? Like right. instant fame. That's why you like, we talking about these careers, you know, because a lot of times you want a real, you know, a quick oven, a, a quick microwave career. That goes straight to the top, doesn't have a lot of substance behind it, doesn't have a lot of accountability behind it, responsibility behind nothing. Just, 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 just make me hot, you know. <laughs> so when um when when Snowfall when we finished the pilot in in the first season, I remember on you know on def- different media tours. We Jamson, John, and I sometimes um Isaiah, John, we being a we'd be in in his hotel room and be like yo what's going on like like why they not feeling it like, <laughs> like they feel it like we got some people that feel it but i don't feel like they really feel it like what's going on and and john would always be like man y'all y'all motherfuckers just calm the fuck down <laughs> that sounds just like what he- it's, gonna, it's gonna happen i told you motherfuckers it's gonna it's gonna happen he was like people gotta catch up to it mm-hmm. he was like people gonna be you know it's a slow burn people gonna catch up I told y'all you're impatient and he would just be like just you know just follow course you know and um and i loved him for that because it was funny it was the way that we you know communicate with each other but he always said that this would be um and I think John knew that because he knew that it wasn't just, like I said, some microwavable story, that this is actually something that happened, you know, to the community in which he comes from. Exactly. And he's putting a very close, tight lens on that, on the humanity of the people, of his culture, his 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 community, you know, uh, and the stories that um, for for lack of him and, and the other EPs and, and the studio that we're working with. We would not see that humanity in, in a three-dimensional way, you know, on the small screen to see characters like Franklin Saint or, or Louis Saint, Sissy Saint or Jerome Saint. Um, when do you usually get to see an uncle um, and, and to show the, the vast amount of, of development that that my uh, portrayal has been able to, to encapsulate? You know, you just you just don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so John saw that he knew that. And he knew that that would eventually uh, resonate with an with an audience, and ho- and hopefully be a bound volume of our history in some sense. I, I saw something that that you said uh, that in the beginning, I think it was on set. John was like, "Hey, man, don't don't fuck this up because you will disappoint all of South Central if you mess this role up." <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. John said that to me. John said that not not only did he say that to me, I'm getting mic'd up. This is like the first. This is like the first scene of the pilot. So this is the first scene of the first episode right wow. before I'm about to shoot it. No pressure. So, <laughs> no pressure. So this this mofo didn't say that shit two weeks before. He didn't say it at the table read. Bro. He didn't say it when I could be like, oh, you know, I could take that. And But he said it right. And, and then he said, look over there. <laughs> he pointed to some dudes. You know that, right? <laughs> He, he had the hood behind Video Village. I, I, so I look over to them, they like this. <laughs> so I said, I said, okay, I see what I said. All right, y'all sit back and, and y'all sit back and watch what's gonna happen here. Well, I think um, that everybody that's happens a- when that's what happens when opportunity that happens. That's what happens when you you meet an opportunity and that you've been prepared for. The type of the type of things that you've said that you you know that you've circled on your board on your vision and said these are the type of things that I know will be uh, monumental situations in my life that I'll be able to work with an iconic filmmaker and be able to bring his dreams the stuff that he's painting on his mental canvas I'll be able to bring that out and do it with such vivid detail that it it lose people in it. Like this is this is what we this is what we do. You see what I'm saying? So when he said that again, it wasn't I didn't take it like, oh, he trying to call me. I took it like, oh, you done fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's you a got batter the, in your back. Yeah. You got the right one. Yeah. Right. You got think, the right one. I think to your credit though, and also, you know, to John, to John's credit, uh as a visionary, you I when I saw the first your first scene as, as Jerome Saint. I was like, oh, that's my uncle. Like <laughs> immediately, because we from LA, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we all got that. And I, and I think to your credit, like you said, you nailed it because it's like, we all have an uncle like, like Jerome Saint in our life being yeah. from LA. Like we all have one, whether it's the dealing with the woman or it's the, the, the street shit or it's the attitude or the hair, or <laughs> it there's some element of Jerome Saint in all of our family at, at nice. some point. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and that's the that's the part that you know for me it's just about having the uh, the authenticity of things that are that are truly uh, undisputed, really specific to LA, because the truth is that we have that uncle in Chicago, we got that uncle <laughs> in Gary, Indiana, we got him in Mississippi, we got him in New York, we got him in Philly, you know what I mean? Like what it also shows is that. Um, a lot of the stuff that we've gone through um, as a people in, in this country or just period through humanity, in, in, you know, on, on this planet is very similar. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's another thing. That's why people in other places can relate to it, too. But then there's that specificity of what makes it unapologetically L.A. And, and that's where it helped to have people like John Singleton, to have people like Twin um, to have people from the sixties that, that off, often inform me being able to meet John's family members and people that are like, just it's based on, it's just based on their real life. Right. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of these characters is composites of, of people that are, are still living and, um, or, or people that have deceased and, um, and then having people like, um, uh, my brother, 
uh, Dub C, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that you're getting a, a authenticity, not in mimicking anything, but in people that can tell you stories and give you insight to, to not say like, yo, it's done like this, but be like, yo, this is what was happening and this is what came out of it. Yeah. This is how people started acting after this, because all of our all of our communities changed after crack hit, after rock hit, hit our communities. You feel me? Yeah. Everybody, everywhere, everywhere. The body language of people, what was important, the type of parties like people want to look at back at crack like it was a bad time. But, yo, it was some of the best parties ever, you know, <laughs> real. So you got to put all of that in there and, and not look at it and with a revisionist view, but go like, how was it truly living during those times? Got you. You know? So, yeah, man. No, I, I do. Like I said, there's a lot of similarities. Even you saying that you start working at 14. I got my first job when I was 15. Right. And, and mm-hmm. while doing pursuing this whole radio thing, I, I knew I had that job to fall back on and it was always there. Um, to, to, to be there whenever, you know, things were up or things were down or whatever the case may be. But you're also, you're also a father. I'm a father as well, man. And, and I, you, you know, us talking before, obviously things kind of started up as far as the accommodations and you having to do things for your, for your kids to, to make this work. But tell, talk about being a father and, and some dad advice you can give to all the fathers out there as well, man, just from your experience as a father, from yourself and being in the business and just being a black man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a little d- difficult because I ain't big on advice, man, because I feel like we all had to navigate this thing. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. But um, but I can talk about, you know, like my own testament, like what I'm walking. Right. What I'm walking and what I'm walking is to be the best example I can be every day. I, I realize how how um, how smart and how observant uh children really are around us that I I can't hide. I can't be a double-faced person. I can't hide one part of my personality, one part of who I am. If I'm stingy, like the real inner core of me is a stingy mother, Mm -hmm. the child is going to see that. So you can't tell the child to truly be a person that shares if you got a stingy nature. Yeah. It's just going like they can see through it, you know, and I see all of those type of things. And, um, you know, I guess advice wise, just be there. Mm. Just show up, show up as we are. It's okay for us to be flawed. It's it's okay for it's okay for people to see our flaws. But if we're there, at least we know we're there. Yeah. At least we we know that and, and, and be open enough to me as a father be open enough to be like, you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. We don't gotta be wrong and strong on everything, you know? It's okay to be, for us to admit that we're wrong about certain things. Even if we're wrong with certain things that a child could even see you're wrong with the mother of your child about certain things. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. As long as we're there, as long as we're accountable, responsible. To me, that, to me, like that's the utmost. Yeah. to be there that presence is important man I, one of the things that i've learned just as of recently too man just on my, my son is gonna be three and i have to learn how to let him live you know what i mean like a lot of times we want to as as a father i want to be protected oh no don't touch that i leave that alone but sometimes you just gotta like yeah. I, he was at the playground the other day and i'm like you gotta bump your head you gotta you gotta have those moments and i can't i'm not gonna always be there to protect you so that's one thing specifically i'm going through right now is like 
you got to have your own life at some point and I have to be there to guide you when I can, but let you live at the same time. So. Yeah. You got to let them bump their head. It's, it, it's, it's different. It's interesting. Also the way we do that with when it's, when it's girls and boys, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, do you want your daughter to bump her head the same way that mm -hmm. your, your son? But I feel like everybody need a head bumping. Facts. And, um, and yeah, it's part of growing up. And, it, and to me also, it keeps us as the adults very limber too, because there's no way that you can watch your child learn something, learn that lesson and not learn from it as well. So I, that's another thing too, that I feel like a part of fatherhood is that it's a new lease on life for us to relearn, to forgive some of the stuff that happened in our childhoods that we saw things a certain way Sometimes we might still be even judging people based on how we saw them, how they showed up for us in our lives when we was young men. It's a, it's a new lease on life to be like, you know what? There is still some things that is childlike within us mm -hmm. and, and not to lose that. Like if, you, if you're a father and you can't play with your children because you're too tight, you're too stern, you're too, then it's, it's, there's a lesson there for us, you know? Um, so it's yeah, that's part of the beauty of fatherhood to to me as well. Um, something I want to ask you about the set as far as uh, snowfall because uh, I, I always fuck his name Damson. Dam is it? Am I saying it correctly? Damson. Yeah. Interest. Um, in him being a British actor, is it like interesting? Like between takes because like obviously he's at, he's an American in the show, so you guys are having dialogue regular, and then when there's a cut. Does he immediately go back to with his accent or like, how does, is that, does that fuck you up at all? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that... no. Nah, nah. nah, he, he's a, he's a really talented dude, but his accent. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's been interesting watching Damson <laughs> with this character because um, most people, ca most people look at the accent. Most people look at, at the, at the, at the stuff on the outside. Right. 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 To me, it's the stuff on the inside. It's it's it's, it's people that look at um, Damson and may think that he is Franklin, or, or how close to Franklin is he? And most people look at that outer garment, which is the accent, perhaps mm -hmm. some of the body language. But to me, it's more of the mental. Is is more of the mental um, way that he looks at life, and those that contrast to his character that for me is the thing that's the most trippy. And the fact that he's playing a boss, that he's playing a very intelligent, calculated um, street entrepreneur, if we want to call it. <laughs> street and entrepreneur. Then, and, and then to be able to take that and look at the young man that's making himself a leading man and a, and a, and a, and a, and a strong uh, leading man and, and, and business artist in our, you know, in our industry right now. Gotcha. To me, that's the part that I like to look at and go, mm, there go the connection. That's the real connection of, of Damson Idris and, and, and the Franklin Saint character. The other stuff is just window dressing. I do the same thing. I put on an accent and take it off or put on clothes and take it off. Um, every actor that's professional and good got that part. Um, gotcha. It's the other things that, that to me mean a lot more. We had... we. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you have a a, a one, a, not a one thing because I know it's super dimensional, but like a thing that you do to prepare for each role, or is every role 
different when when you when you take on something, whether it be a TV role or a movie role. In your way of preparation, do you attack it all the same way, or is it a different way each time? Yeah, I mean, there's a. I probably get to the character the same way. Like I start the the portrayal. I like to say I I, I start a lot from the you know from the same places, which of course for most people is is reading the material several times and and then you know using your imagination and stuff but I I think as I get closer to that betrayal is where I may break off from the pattern of what I've done um you know with former characters so let's say by the time I get deep into a character perhaps for one character it's based a lot on music like I did a I did a film this fall where the character that I was portraying a lot of music inspired the, the was inspiring the performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know why for that particular, it just, that's, that's the thing that was my, you know, you just need, for me, I just need something to, I just need something to, to hold on to. Yeah. For some people that's a totem, like that's like a garment. For some people, it would be like getting into character, like how I have Sheila, my 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 hair for for, mm. for you know for Jerome. People know I call her Sheila, like I don't <laughs> call that anything other. Yeah. Than that. Some actors would be like, "What's that?" You know, you just put it on and take it off. <laughs> um, there's a different connection to me yeah. with Sheila. You know what I mean? So wait, so you said it's called it, it, it's Sheila. Her name is Sheila. <laughs> Prepare. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> her, her name is Sheila. Y'all, y'all, y'all be y'all be kind and address her address her. <laughs> I got you. you. Mean? With respect, you respectfully. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I got respectfully. you. Respectfully. You know, yeah, but Sheila, Sheila, um, yeah, some would say that when I put when I when I work with Sheila, she she, you know, it brings out a certain behavior. Um so yeah, there's things like that. Got it. There's there's things there's things like that. I think that for each actor, for each, um, for each portrayal, you need. For me, I need something that definitively says that this is who this person is. That is not aiming and is not any other type of um, depiction I've done before. A lot of times that could be a sound. It could be anything, bro. It could be. Mm. It could be anyway. It could be the way I stomp my foot at one point or the way I walk or the way, you know, the way that just this one particular word, the inflection on that word. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's who this is. Like, it could be anything, really. Um, the other question for you is, uh, I know you are you you're in L.A. frequently, obviously, because, you know, shooting the show and whatnot. And we I remember we had we had. Uh, freeway rick ross on the show before and he talked about this whole story and stuff like that have you talked to have you had any conversation with him about this story or the the, the yeah i know show? rick okay for sure it, it, what's the sentiment now like because i know it was like a little thing but I'm, I'm sure everything is cool now as far as the, the the relationship between you guys well between me and rick we always had a good relationship i right. mean i think i mean the show i'm sorry what i'm sorry to be talking show. about is uh the show i don't know if I don't know if Freeway will ever fuck with the show. Let's just be hunted. Like Got you. you know. So that that's that's that was something between him and John that, that happened well before I came apart. Yeah. And I don't really know the the um I can't speak on it because I don't know what type of uh arrangement that they had. I feel but you. I, I do know I do know, you know, I know of course John, um, and then I know Freeway and not in connection to John and and I respect both men. 
often often say that, you know, I would love to see um, Rick be able to tell his story unapologetically through his lens. In his own way. His po- from his yeah. POV. And, um, and I double down on the fact that um, Freeway has always been a boss um, owning his own rights to things and of that nature. So I think that not all business dealings would work when someone is used to being an owner, used to being a boss um, in the first place. You know what I yeah, mean? I like that. I yeah. feel that. Um, also, another thing is as far as being an, an actor right now, Obviously, do you are you one of those people who get upset if you're in public and people call you saint or, or like you know wrong. If they, it's wrong. If wrong. they call you uncle or are you one of those people who are bothered by that? Because I've seen <laughs> other people get mad when they recall when they're referred to as ghosts in public or whatever. But are you are you one of those Damn. people? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it just it's happened. Yeah. Just a character that, that was named Ghost that got mad about uh, that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't want to. I don't want this to become something that it that it shouldn't be. No, no. I was just taking a job. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just being. I'm just being thorough with it. Um, but for me, speaking for myself, um, I realized that that same energy that I was telling you about from Monique, speaking promising to me. Yeah. And only speaking that promise into me because of something that I had a, a mind's vision to do. Right. Nobody put me up to it. I had to go through the blood, sweat and tears to establish it, to maintain it. And then someone recognizes me for that said work. Mm. In my world, I don't have the right to not take that energy graciously. Not all that energy gonna be good. So let's <laughs> right. don't get let's don't get it twisted. Right, 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 you know, for sure. Not all, you, you put the honey out there, it's gonna attract more than bees. <laughs> bees and bees sting. Facts. <laughs> right. Bees can sting, right? But it is up to me. I do have a circle of truth around my head to, to make those interactions as, as peaceful and as gracious as possible. And that's all we can do as people. There's going to be people that's going to test you for every for every person that, you know, if I play a role like this, there's easily somebody that's going to come up to you and be like, yo, you smaller in, in person. You ain't, you ain't as tough. big as I thought. <laughs> you ain't as real as I, I thought. You you more square than I thought. Yo, you I saw, soft. I saw a thing the other day that had, I saw a thing the other day that they was like, they had some shit. The joint, I was doing the thing and it was like, oh, listen to him. He is square. He a sucker. And I was like, I, I had to look at it. I had to be like, hey, you feel me? Like, you know, and, and there's no telling that somebody could see you in, in the in the in the street. You know, the type of portrayals that I want to play, man, I want to play some some characters that that really get into this into our society, our zeitgeist, and really affect us. And if for you to do that, you never know if that's gonna be a negative or a positive thing. So um you know, same thing. Growing up in the Apollo Theater, I used to watch performers come in, and I never forget this. I, I won't tell you the person, but um, I'll never forget this. This stuck with me. I was I would I used to have to open the door, right? And I open the door, be like, uh, "Welcome to the world famous Apollo Theater, where 
stars are born and legends are made. Like I had to say that every time I opened the door, <laughs> thing, right? Wow. Like that's what I had to do, right? And um, I'm standing, sitting at that door. And at the time there was this actor and he was the biggest actor on TV, black actor on TV, right? Biggest TV show doing his thing. Everybody knows him, right? And I watched this little lady, this little old lady. She 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 was a grandmother, and she had three kids. And the kids was, you know, they was bad. Like they, she couldn't control them. They was everywhere. Badass kids. You know what I mean, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> she just can't control them, right? She just it's grandma. She just trying to give them some some entertainment for the for the night. And they see this this actor, and I'm watching it because I'm at the door. I'm waiting for them to come, but they running off and they bouncing off the walls. So they go, they see the actor, they run over to him and they're like, yo, they're like, can I get an autograph? <laughs> and he says, no. He's like, yeah, you know, cause he's talking, he's talking to somebody. And he says, no. And the kids run off and they come back <laughs> and, they, and they're kind of waiting over to buy him and like, oh my God, that's him. And, and I could look at him and I'm watching the whole ordeal and he looks like he flustered with it. Like, you know, I'm just trying to talk to this person. And, and then the little lady, the little grandma comes over and she's like, excuse me, baby, you know, my, my grandkids would like to get an autograph. And, and my man turned and he was like, can't you see that I'm talking to somebody? Can't you, can't you see that I'm talking to somebody right now? How disrespectful is that? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> And kept it moving. <laughs> now look, just like the Monique situation being something that that is a circle of truth around me forever, that situation was a circle of truth around me forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. We don't know the things that make us, but a, a, a situation like that, it made me. Mm-hmm. It makes me who I am. So I could never, I could never do that. I could never. Yeah. I wanted to destroy that man. I bet. I bet you did. I hated that. Yeah. I hated that. It hurt me to my core. Watch that little lady walk away, and you know what I mean. So, I can't speak for everybody else. I can only speak for for me. What makes me me? And um, so yeah, I would never. Um, it's a great thing that somebody can recognize me in the street and go unk, yeah. right? Whatever they call me. Right, right, you know, right. It's a great thing. That, I, means I, that, that means I've done what, what I said I wanted to do. I've done exactly what Monique said I would be, you know? I agree with you 100%, yeah. bro. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I'm glad. I, I just want to get into the crowd note, and we're going to wrap up and say, but uh, as far as the craft, like I said, respecting the craft when we first started this, this conversation, um, I often have debates, just like music, where people are like, oh, it's Nas, no, it's Hove. We always have the actor debate, right? Now, for you personally, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'll tell you mine if you want, but for you personally, your top three favorite or best actors, I'm gonna go best, not favorite, best. The top three best black men actors from, from Eamon Joseph. <laughs> no, in no particular order, no particular order, no particular order. 
Okay, so the 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 the, the top actors that I uh, that I enjoy their performances. Yes, you you that is that are the best in your opinion. This is completely your opinion. It don't have to be by numbers, best. stats, none of that shit. Because that's 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 all subjective. If that was the yeah, case, yeah, Drake the Drake best. would have every category. But by, <laughs> you know what I'm saying in music. But for you, your Me, your your best. Who do I enjoy? That's how I look at it. So, um, Lawrence Fishburne. Jeffrey Wright, Wesley Snipes. I fuck with that. I'm not I'll, mad at I'll that. Go with that. And then yo, and then let's do women. Mm. Mm. I want to. I want to be inclusive. Just pick. <laughs> just pick a couple. It don't have to uh, be like you don't have to do a line. Uh, for you better get three. Equal uh, <laughs> Just who you enjoy. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, who I enjoy. Oh man, I'm gonna be so biased here, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Angela Lewis. Okay, there you go. <laughs> My queen. Word up. She in there. Yeah. Um Regina King. Regina's fire, bro. Uh Angela Lewis and we get somebody young. Let's take Zendaya. I'm really, you know what? Yeah, shot. I forgot what show. Sephora, Euphoria. Euphoria, yeah. yeah. Bro, right. I was so blown away by Zendaya's performance that right. the where I was, I started to look at her different. Like, like what you just spoke on as far as people recognizing you for your work. I'm like, well, is she on drugs? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, no, I, I respect that list. I fuck now, with it. Another debate that's been going on heavy in the streets. All right, you're from the East Coast, but obviously Snowfall is is L.A. Right? Mm. The Wire or Snowfall? <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's not gonna be able to go home. <laughs> I just, just want to know his 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 take. Um. <laughs> the Wire or Snowfall. Um, I'll take. I'll take the fact that nothing can be compared to The Wire. Um, it was the first, and I feel like The Wire is a precursor to what the, the type of story that we could tell with Snowfall. Even though you know Snowfall is a period piece that happens before the wire, right? I think um, that we should look at those things and, and really not compare the two. Um, the wire came out, you know, well before and was the first of its time. Um, I hope that we can live up to the type of legacy, be the bound volume. Um, we're still we're still filming, right? So we still have a circle of truth to tell the story completely. And the wire did that already, mm-hmm. um, and and created so many careers that we now look at, you know. Um, so hopefully, I I feel like Snowfall can do the same. That it that it you know that we usher in a brand new flock of actors, um, writers, storytellers, directors that will continue to to work in this industry and to continue to tell our stories. That's the PC way for me to say that. I feel you. Also, uh, real quick, the, as far as like the, all, like the, the, um, the stigma, right. Of black, all black casts or predominantly black casts. And they always say like, Oh, well, why we can't have the Cosby show back where it's like, it's showing 
this side of, but I feel like it's the duality in telling both sides of the black experience, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you talk about when you talk about a show like Snowfall being so compelling and so rich in 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 temperament and texture and storytelling and period piece, but then you also have the counter to that, which would be I don't fucking know whatever show that would be that would look like. Do you feel a need? Do you feel a need for you personally to provide that balance to the ecosystem as an actor and choosing your roles? Or is it just like a role by role basis? Like when you pick when you pick your projects? Interesting. Yeah, I I feel like that's for every actor. You know, I I remember watching this. um, I remember watching this thing. Uh, maybe it, it could have been inside the actor studio, but it was something like that if it wasn't that. Um, and Denzel was on it and, and he was mentioning, he was like, you know, your career will be defined by the uh, like the first three roles that you do. Wow. You know, um, and that you have to be really, it's really important what you pick for the trajectory of your career. And I remember thinking, man, at this time, I probably was already about 10 10 rolls in. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, said, I fucked that up. I said, <laughs> you going back looking like shit. Totally, totally, totally messed that up. <laughs> right? Angry goon number these, six. These, these, three, <laughs> these three shit burgers I did. <laughs> well, I'm fine these, by that. These three joints I'm trying for nobody to ever see. Um, you look, man. There I go listening to Denzel. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. No, the tr- the truth is he, he he was so right for his career and anyone that wants to follow that trajectory. But there are so many different ways to get to your own destination, your own self-discovery. Um, some people need more swings at bat to hit more home runs. And, um, and so I think that where I'm at currently, I pick differently than where I was 10 years ago gotcha. or where I was 50 credits ago. Um, and that's a luxury. It's a luxury to be able to have um, it. First of all, it's a luxury for me to be able to have that many uh, opportunities, a luxury for me to be able to have that, that type of perspective um, and to have done so many things that now I can choose what I want to do differently because I've done it. Mm-hmm. Not because necessarily I stayed, I stayed away from it, you know? So um, so now when I pick a role, I pick things more for what I haven't I done. And gotcha. I've done a lot. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what haven't I done? And what would I want to live with for five years, six years? Um, and, and legacy-wise, what type of imprint can I put on my legacy as far as while you, I may have cho- I may choose not to do certain work so that I can, you know, accentuate a new project that I'm trying to do, you know? So I look at it totally different. I'm not scrapping just to, to, to eat a meal with my acting career the same way I did uh, 20 years ago. I feel that. But, I, I, but everybody is different. I just want to empower the actors that not everyone is going to have a career, like I said, where you shoot up or you have the choices to only do a certain type of work. Um, some people, you, you need to put some food on the table during the pandemic and someone gave you an opportunity to do what you want to do, which is act. You might want to get in front of the camera, yeah. um, you know, and get your reps in.
So I, I want to talk about two more things. I want you to, to speak on your production company, Dark Energy Pictures. Um, and you know that that because this is this is now your baby, right? And 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 what you want to put into the ecosystems, like so, kind of give us a a background on Dark Energies uh, Pictures. Well, I just want to tell stories that are multi multicultural, lingual. Um, that deals with, you know, experiences throughout the diaspora um, and, and see us in, you know, see see some of our Afrofuturism, see some of our sci-fi productions and even, you know, um, biopics, but, um, but, but have the POV from the sensibilities that I grew up and the people that, you know, respond to the type of stories that, that I like. And I felt that there was a... A, some somewhat of a void of, of the type of stories that I would like to tell, you know? Um, so part of me growing as an artist is to say, uh, growing as a, as a businessman rather than an artist is to say that not only do I want to portray different types of roles, but also want to be, um, that I also want to have ownership uh, to the rights of those things, to own the intellectual property um, and to see, how that works in the marketplace um, since I'm going to be acting regardless, you know? Now, how, what can you talk about that bittersweet moment? You talked about the legendary Apollo theater, you know, you having to work there for so many years and opening the doors for people and having this monologue when people go in, but now you've, you've reached your dream. Like, can you talk about the moment of having a hand in that two weeks notice or telling them that I'm not coming back because now <laughs> you've achieved your, the, the success that you've wanted. Oh, I was, no, no I was no, notice. I was nowhere near that two week notice at the <laughs> Apollo. <laughs> there was, there was many, there was many gigs after that, but, but truthfully, I've been, I've always been blessed to be able to do what I, what I want to do and, and not have to have, you know, like a full-time job mm -hmm. uh, doing something else. Um, that was just a sacrifice of, of, you know, that I made at the time, but it does feel good to be able to go back home um, and be well received home to still walk my blocks home and for people to notice me for the work that I've done. Um, just not now, but this is, you know, this has been going on for the last 15 years yeah. and, um, and to be able to go and walk, you know, and I mean, I just did a, a small documentary at the Apollo and, um, it just feels really good to go back to the place where you began and where you first had dreams. And then those dreams are now have reached for it. Uh, fruition and not only that but it gives me the opportunity to have to to have more dreams you know what I mean like it, it, this isn't the this is just one <laughs> dream you know this is just one thing being a father being a husband is a dream you know having a certain amount of financial security is a dream um, attaining a different you know a, a different level of spirituality being connected to our, to, you know, being connected as a community and being able to have altruistic and philanthropic goals for our community is a dream. There's a lot of dreams that I have. It's just that when you are able to, to, to take one off, yeah. it just give you more power. Mm -hmm. So I get to go back home and get, the, and get recharged and go, yo, all right, let's gear up to do some more stuff. So, um, you know, that's how I feel when I go home is a, is a is a charge, is a recharge, and, and it feels good to go back. And did Joe did Joe did your moms ever get a chance to talk to the Rock? Because I remember you, <laughs> I, no, 
I, I remember you no, posted us. They gonna let my moms embarrass me. <laughs> Yo, my mom do the same thing. Won't you tell mom he married? Yeah, but just tell him you. I said hi, mom. You tripping? <laughs> moms be like, I'm married too. Too. <laughs> nah, it's all good, bro. Oh man, man. I, I, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I appreciate this conversation. You don't even man. You don't even understand. Likewise, man. Hey, man, Joseph, man, that's Snowfall. Season four is out right now. I suggest everybody just go back. Just if you haven't binge watched it, binge watch the show. Amazing piece of work. Looking Wait, forward to, what? Sorry. One more question. Uh, People, don't tell them to get up. What? Okay. Okay, let's let me ask you this, man. This is a random question having nothing to do with Snowfall. Oh, right? here you go. Let's say someone is getting written out of a script, right? And they're going to die. Does that person as an actor, and just you could be from experience or from someone that you've spoken to, do you kind of go in like, man, fuck this last performance? <laughs> like, <laughs> because I, <laughs> that's how I would do it. I'm like, going if, anyway. If, oh, I'm dying? I'm going to die. This job is showing. Take this job and shove it. Like, you know, one, that, thing, one thing I have to say is that. Um, is that's a touchy that's a touchy situation because the TV I mean with a with a with a film you know because you got the whole you got the whole script but with um you know with a television show you never know when that axe is coming and um we got a running joke on our show where we be flipping through the the pages <laughs> when we get the when we get the script we be like yo oh, am I still yo flip to the end, flip to the end to see if you still. Yeah. See if you still there. But um, <laughs> but what I've what I've noticed, what I've noticed, and sometimes a good example is such a teacher. I've seen, you know, especially our show where a lot of people get whacked, you know, like I've I've seen people not only um not take it as ill will toward them as a person or as a because you're so connected to the character, the betrayal that it right. feels like it's you, you know what I mean? If you discontinue something on the shelf at the supermarket, it's different than it's disconnect discontinuing something that's attached to you. Like yeah. you really don't want me, you know what I mean? So um I'm sure that everyone goes through through that. But the professionalism of an actor is that you come in and you try to tell that story to the best of your ability. And especially when you lean into those um traumatic um you know death scenes and things of that nature you only make it a a, a better show and your the, the the story the beginning middle and end to your character dying it becomes that much more powerful that being said i ain't doing it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not hey listen when that you, being when said you're gonna what? pay me triple to show up. <laughs> exactly, bro. When it's when it's Uncle when it's Uncle Jay's time to go, listen. Just call out. Yo, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm calling out for the next month and a half. It's my ass. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, I've heard bad stories about people making it really difficult to get that last scene in. Facts. You're like, you're talking, can we turn the temperature up on the set? What's going on? I'm people. <laughs> That's me. I'm people. You know what I'm saying? I make it real you bad. Said, I'm, you said I'm petty. I'm pe what? I'm petty. Trying to write me no. out the script. I'm uh. Uncle Jay. Goddamn. <laughs> nah, if they they if when you when your time is up, your time is up. Oh, well, gracefully. 
Yo, amen, Joseph, man. Thank you so much for the conversation. Appreciate you taking your time. And we look forward to seeing everything that, that transpires, not only with Snowfall, but with your career as well, man. And we'll be there to salute you and, and root you on the whole way, bro. Yeah, don't Appreciate be a stranger you. to the show, man. Love to have you back, some, uh, you know, later on. Appreciate you guys. All right. Indeed. It's Homegrown Radio, Chuck Dizzle, DJ Head. We out.